The blended family can create the opportunity for kids to be one person in a specific environment and potentially someone entirely different in others. And all of a sudden, as parents, we find ourselves questioning, do we even know this person? Who are they really? But we forget to consider that they are likely asking themselves the same questions. So whether they genuinely desire to be a different person or they just feel as if they have to be, our conclusions about our kids will set the pace. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. Hello, Blenders. Happy 2023. I think that's, is that something that people say? (laughs) Um, This is the first episode of the year. I hope the finish to 2022 was amazing for you guys. It was great for us, nice and peaceful. We are very intentional to achieve peace before entering into the upcoming years. So it was great on our end. Things were awesome concerning this platform, Blended. I shared in the previous episode as far as the mission being fulfilled and some of the things that were achieved. So good. And I am all the more excited about what will be accomplished in 2023. So we are going to go ahead and jump right into the subject matter. We have been in a series called Being a Step Parent, and it's been fruitful for those of you that have reached out and shared from your perspective, your experience and how things are speaking to you. I appreciate it always. And we are going to continue to dish out some real good stuff. So let's go ahead and hop into the subject matter in a previous episode. The title of it is when the kids return from the other home. And that was such a such a good episode, guys. If you haven't listened to it, please do so. That'll make the picture of this episode a lot fuller. But I promise that I would make a bit of a part two because that is a a loaded topic. That is a loaded subject. Many things to cover and just an important thing to address because it is a source of confusion, of strife maritally, This subject of custody and whatever our arrangement may consist of can cause some personal emotional strife and obviously create issues between ourselves and the kids that are moving from one place to another, however frequently that's happening. So it's just a really important thing to address. So again, if you have not listened to that episode, please do so. Underrated topic and something that needs to be addressed more often. But during this episode, we are going to be answering, providing clarity concerning the question, is your stepchild two-faced? And I I wanted to go with some a bit of an abrasive (laughs) title. There's a bunch of different ways to frame it, but is your stepchild a bit of a chameleon? Are they one person in your space and environment while becoming someone that is whether slightly or entirely different in another space? But before we get to the goods, make sure you subscribe to this podcast again. We're shooting out an episode every second and fourth Wednesday of each month. And if you have an opportunity to leave some stars, a like, as well as a comment of sorts, please do it. 
that will only help this podcast reach more people and therefore more families will get the support that they need as a result. But let's get back to the burning question. Is your stepchild two-faced? And if we're being honest with ourselves, we ask this question. And again, it may not be framed as whether they are two-faced or not, but we do question whether they, again, function some way in when they're in front of us and a different way when they are in another environment, specifically when they are in the other home. We question whether they are just this fake human being that puts on this show And most of the time when someone comes to a place where they're kind of asking these things or pondering these things, they feel like they are getting the short end of the stick. And this is my experience. This has been my experience as well. Fortunately, I have come to a point of better understanding. I've matured a ton, so I don't meditate on this as thoroughly as I once did. But there were periods of time where this was it was just consuming and it was detrimental, not just for my personal well-being. But again, it caused strife maritally. It at times caused resentment or just a disdain, a subtle disdain toward the children in question. And that's just not a good place to be. A family cannot function as it should when those things are left unchecked. So because this is a loaded subject and there are, again, so many factors of influence, I do not have the perfect formula or remedy that will magically allow for your negative feelings to disappear or any techniques that you can exercise on your kids to make them some type of human being. Maybe one day I will have that remedy at my disposal, (laughs) but right now I do not. But I do want to provide some insight concerning their experience that will allow for us to gain some context, because I strongly believe that if we understand better, then we're likely to do better. And firstly, I think it's really important that we understand that there are situations that require the kids to be different people. And then there are settings or opportunities that they prefer and therefore they end up kind of wanting to be in a different space or just to function in a different capacity. And most stepchildren exist somewhere on this spectrum between having to be someone like it's necessary for you to be a certain somebody, a different person, different than how they are when they are with you versus they prefer to be a different person because of what that other environment affords them. And we're going to go ahead and start off with the want to be different or essentially just having preferences for the other environment. And please do not get offended. Don't get in your feelings right now, because that will keep you from hearing what I am actually saying. (laughs) I know our emotions are tied to this circumstance. For some of us, it's a big deal. But right now, it's time to just kind of listen and take a, a step back. So when I'm referencing when our children prefer a different environment or the other home. It's not an absolute rejection like this place is better than it is with you. That's not what I'm saying. Um, Really just pinpointing or pointing out that there are some things that they are drawn toward in that environment that don't exist in yours. 
And this likely exists on both ends. I know that we kind of convince ourselves that we get the short end of the stick and we get the poor treatment and the bad attitude. And we're super convinced that they just love every single aspect of being in the other home. But that's not entirely the case. Even with us and in our space, our environment, they have preferences and things that they enjoy, things that exist here that probably don't when they're over there. And one of those privileges that exist in the other environment is pretty big, and that's access to family members. Being in that other home affords them the opportunity to connect with different people that they love and they care deeply about. Whether that simply is the other parent, whether it is a brother or sister that they may have, grandma and grandpa, a family dog, friends of the family. There are just people that when they are in this environment, they have a greater likelihood of connecting with. And that is a very big deal for these kids. The, the family members, that those people are an extension of them. So there's almost this natural draw. And I know for us, for those of us listening, we might be <laughs> of the more functional sort of humans because you're learning and you're gaining and you're trying to make progress. You want to be the best step parent parent that you can possibly be. Um, and there is probably less functionality on the other end. It's probably more dysfunctional. So we can't really comprehend our child's desire to kind of want to be there. But that desire exists because there are people that they love, whether they are functioning as they should, as authority figures, as parents, as siblings or not. And a great example of that is when someone is adopted and they are raised in a healthy environment, yet there is like this innate desire to want to reconnect with the birth parent or the individuals that could have raised them. I have a friend of mine, he's probably close to mid 40s or something like that. And a few years ago, I think it was about three years ago that he found his biological parents and the picture became more full, more complete. He understands himself better. And fortunately, his biological family, they're actually healthy people. And that reconnection just meant for a desire or a part of him to be more fulfilled. And was that process or his decision to seek out his biological folks? Was it challenging for those that raised him? Yes, it was because they kind of took it as him desiring something else. And is that not kind of similar to what we experience when our stepchildren desire to be in this other space, when they desire to talk to them at a random hour throughout the day? Or there's just this connection that we just don't have uh, a hold of because we no longer have a right to have a hold of that connection. That's something that we kind of forfeited as a result of the whole split, however that transpired. But it just comes down to the privilege of connecting with specific people that exists in the other space. Another privilege can be certain traditions. Maybe they do something fun before going to sleep. Maybe there's a story reading time. Maybe they go out to eat on this specific day of the week at this specific place. And this is a normal thing to desire. There are likely traditions that exist in your space that they have the ability to look forward to. Things that happen 
habitually that they enjoy and allow for greater connection to take place. And some of those privileges honestly can be as simple as the type of food <laughs> that they eat. Maybe there's a good, maybe there's an amazing chef on the other end, <laughs> in the other home. Maybe it's because they go out again to specific fast food restaurants that you don't necessarily prefer. Maybe they get to eat food while they watch television. I don't know. I don't know. There are just things, there are just small things medium large things that exist that allow for them to kind of prefer to be in that other space and that is not a negative thing it's natural however we all know that some of these preferences aren't necessarily in the best interest of the kids so when there's an overemphasis on areas of their development or there is an imbalance in where the focus is going on different aspects of their lives, that's when we run into problems. This especially tends to be the case when the custody arrangement is anything in the realm of like 70, 30, 80, 20, and things of that nature. When the kids are spending most of the time with you or maybe it's most of the time with the other family, the other side of their family. That's when overemphasis is likely to happen. And that's because, you know, in part because the time spent with the children is pretty limited. And when you think about it, it's natural for a parent to want to just kind of have fun and to focus on the things that are pleasurable and that make the child happy. Is it right that this is the case? Not really, because there needs to be balance in our relationship with our children and every environment that they live in should address or just appreciate at least uh, the many aspects of their development. And I did the math on our custody arrangement with our oldest and it's about 85, 15 and with our niece, it's probably something like 90, 10. So we tend to have the, the rules, the, the structure in this environment and a lot of fun happens when they're with the other parent and it's understandable because if I'm being honest, if I were also missing out on such significant time and opportunities with my child, I'd probably lean more so toward good times when we are together. Again, not necessarily right, but it's at least understandable. So what those preferences can end up looking like for the kids is maybe they have full on access to electronics or their phone in that environment versus having structure in this. Maybe the eating out is fairly excessive and they're going to fast food restaurants every few hours opposed to, again, the structure and the meals prepared and things of that nature in this environment. Again, this is just an overemphasis on certain aspects of their development and their lives and that being the more pleasurable aspects of their life. And that can kind of warp their appetite for certain things. And that's when our frustration is just, but we have to tame it. 
So many of us recognize that, dude, you just kind of want to be over there, not just, but a big part is because you have these certain freedoms. Like you can get away with these things. You can ask and receive. There isn't much that's earned. And you understand that this is a quote unquote Disneyland parent and it's just going to be a good time. But when you return here, there is order. There are many a good things. There are plenty like you are blessed and highly favored in this environment. Things are going great. But we kind of have to deal with the negative emotions and potentially behaviors because this child's warped appetite, which is not their fault. It can be taxing, especially when we know we are doing our best and we're trying to keep their best interest in mind. And this is when that question starts to creep up. Is this kid two-faced? Is this kid a faker? Is this kid manipulating some type of system so that they can come out the winner and take advantage? And when we're experiencing those emotions, those thoughts and that bitterness, that frustration starts to creep up, we need to remind ourselves that they didn't create the system. The adults created the system and they are being subjected to it. And yes, in many uh, situations, they do recognize where they can take advantage in some areas versus others. That is a natural thing in the nuclear family as well. When a child does not have to go from one home to another, what do they do? They ask one parent if they can get a piece of candy. They get a no. Guess what? (laughs) They might five minutes later, if not sooner, talk to the other parent and ask. And that parent is probably going to say yes. Kids are familiar with that specific system as early as like two years old. So when you're thinking about a teenager who has some intelligence, hormones are kind of going crazy and they're just really trying to wrap their head around their life and the circumstance. Like we just have to have grace available for them to do what they do. Do we have to deem their behaviors and the vibes and all that stuff acceptable? No, we don't. But it is our opportunity and responsibility to coach them through it, to support them as they are experiencing all of the above. So in a nutshell, there is the good and natural want that our stepkids have to be in the other environment. And then there is also the warped want and the stuff that's a bit detrimental for them as well as how they function when we're together. And then there is the other side of the spectrum and that being the need to be different people and that this is the less fortunate aspect of their experience. In this circumstance, they're likely dealing with a parent that is less functional, less mindful of what is in the best interest of the children. And that can do harm, obviously, to the kid, but can also produce some major issues in the other home as well. And I believe there is an extensive list of things that would require a kid to kind of have to be different in the other environment. And I think one of the more apparent issues that will produce this is just talking down the other side of their family. And this is really 
tough for a lot of reasons. But as I mentioned earlier, for the kid, um, both sides of the family, whatever home they're in, there is uh, an intimate connection and that those people, the parents, family members, things of that nature, they function as an extension of them. So as they are hearing whether their mother or their father um, being rejected, uh, downcast and slandered, essentially, there's part of them that they're having this real intimate conflict with. Like, this is a negative component of me. Like, I am a part of this person. This person is a part of me. And I'm literally hearing my other parent, whom I love, reject this side of me. So that's, that's deep. And obviously, with that, over time, a child can get some real negative thoughts and feelings and exercise those when they get back into the other environment or they'll just shut down because they can no longer process like it really messes up a child's ability to process the world to handle issues and unless exercised or healed at some point uh, kids become adults and they carry this stuff like this can be carried for life to be honest extremely detrimental and then there's also the the more subtle just inability to kind of celebrate anything that's happening on the other side of their lives or to talk about, you know, even just what they did this weekend. If a child can't communicate, oh, I went to a big bear or I went to this one place and this thing happened um, when they are shut down every time they kind of want to just, again, celebrate their life, connect with us in a way that kind of introduces the other side of their family, then that's an, that's an issue. And we can do this both verbally and non-verbally. We can just shut it down and say, hey, I don't want to talk about that. Or when they start talking about it, people, can, adults can be brats, like body language and even the eyes and how we're looking and how we're receiving this information. We can reject whatever it is that they're giving us because they're celebrating this thing that they did with their, whether it's their Disneyland parent or it's just some fun thing that they did. Eventually a kid is going to pick up on that and they're just going to shut that process down. They will no longer talk to you about the things that happen on this side. And imagine that, especially if the custody is 50, 50, that's like 50% of their life, their life and their experience. They can't even communicate with you because you won't receive it. You don't want to hear about it because it may include your ex that forces kids to conform in such a way that's not natural. And it forces them to be different people in order to manage the emotions of an adult. And the list, honestly, it just goes on and on. Whether you want to talk about parental alienation, you can talk about the manipulation of a child, like inter interrogating them to get information to use against the other parents. There may be the relational mishandling of a child, like I don't really know what I'm doing as a parent, or there's just inconsistency. And this is one of the more frustrating things for me. Something that is so crucial for kids is their ability to be kids. Like the parents should handle all of the plans, all the information is shored up, and then the kids kind of just walk into it. But when a parent is inconsistent in their communication, in their behaviors, it, it produces an erratic child. 
an erratic human being that is reactive to circumstance. And it's just not healthy. It's not good. It requires kids to be something that they should not be. And that is less free. I've witnessed it up close for a while and I've seen it in other situations and it's just a really frustrating thing. So while you're asking this question or you're having these negative feelings about your child and the vibes that they're giving you, the behaviors that they're they're giving off that you know they likely don't in the other environment and you're just questioning, is this a two-faced human being as a step parent and you're trying to understand this human's process and you're trying to give them your heart and everything you believe they need and you're just getting rejection you're getting inconsistency all this stuff and you're just is this a two-faced human being it's important to to weigh where these kids are on the spectrum of wanting to be a different person and needing to be a different person and this is not something that you're going to understand fully you will never arrive at a point where you're just you pinpoint exactly where they are on the spectrum because it can be one thing one day and another thing another day. I mean, they're kids. They are kids. But in order to lead them well and to be able to connect with them, we just have to appreciate their process more. It is even in the most functional blended family situation where custody is fairly seamless, people are getting along it is still dysfunctional because it's not supposed to be that way. It is not. Children are supposed to have one home. So when they're bouncing and they're doing this thing, they are having to face, to comprehend, and to process things that are significant and likely beyond their ability to process. And in my opinion, maintaining a good relationship with our children, our stepchildren, it's not about how we feel about them. Do we want to feel good about them and have all the butterflies and all that stuff, the affections toward them? That would be our preference. But as we know, feelings do change. So it's not about how we feel about them. I think what's important is what we conclude about them. And that's because conclusions can function as anchors. So regardless of where we are in our feelings, if we conclude that this is a child that needs me, that is special, that is awesome, even if their behavior says otherwise, then that's what we're believing. That's what we're holding on to. We will be more stable in our role if that's our conclusion. However, if our conclusion is this is a tyrant, they are two-faced and they are just a difficult human being. If that is our conclusion, even when things are going well, even if there are moments of peace and opportunities to connect with them, our conclusion is our conclusion. And we're going to base how we treat them, our relationship, the conclusion sets the pace. So right now we're going to practice. I'm going I'm to throw some questions at you and we are going to practice establishing Conclusions. Question number one, are they a tyrant that has committed their lives to destroying you or is it a struggling teenager or somebody that is younger than a teenager? That's one opportunity to establish a conclusion. And for those of you that are just like, oh, functioning in the gray area, don't do the gray area. (laughs) Let's go black and white. They are one thing or they are the other. Question number two, do they really hate the environment that you've created Or are they in the midst of a no-win situation? And as I mentioned earlier, as far as having warped preferences, is that really their fault? Not necessarily. If they get spoiled like 
it's not entirely their fault who doesn't want to get spoiled or if they are in another environment that's full of conflict and it forces them to be a certain person rejecting really important aspects of their being like they there are many a step kids that feel like they are in a no win situation there's just so much inconsistency in their lives and then there is question number three your third opportunity to draw a specific conclusion the question is is the progress you've made with your stepchild meaningful or should you believe that it is not meaningful because of their behavior and this is a familiar back and forth with step parents you have these tremendous moments of connection that you've been yearning for praying for they happen and then you feel like they get back into your space and you guys have reverted this is a child that does not regard that connection whatever transpired as significant based on their behavior or you can believe that it is meaningful and you are just stacking win after win after win. And that's what it's about. Your conclusions about your stepkids are going to function as anchors and they will set the pace for your relationship. So I hope that you guys got something out of this. This is just such good and potent subject matter. Oh my gosh, I'm speaking to the former step parent in me one year in and he's just like, thanks, bro. Yes, much of it is easier said than done, but it can be done. You guys are so incredible. Again, happy new year. This is going to be one for the books. And until next time, peace. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.